Hello, and welcome to Spilling the Milk, the podcast where it's okay to say you love breastfeeding, and it's equally okay to say you hate it. Each episode features a different mom sharing her breastfeeding journey and her lessons learned. By talking about our complex feelings and expectations surrounding breastfeeding, maybe we can help moms feel less alone and more empowered. By getting this important conversation out in the open, we can work toward better support for new parents and breastfeeding moms in particular. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Beth Trammell, who along with being a mom of four, is a child psychologist, author, speaker, and professor. And of course, I will link to all of her amazing work in the show notes. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for being here and speaking with me today. If you could first just start by telling us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Dr. Beth Trammell. I'm actually a psychologist in the state of Indiana and the creator of Make Words Matter for Good. So I talk with parents and teachers a lot about helping us with behavior and communication strategies to connect more deeply with our kids and to get them to comply with what we want them to do. But really, I'm also a mom of four kids. I am so excited to be here to talk about breastfeeding because it's such an important topic. Yes. um, Right. So you have this professional hat and then you also have your mom hat. You said you have four kids. Take us back to the very first time that you started breastfeeding. Yeah. So this is so interesting um, because... As I was preparing for today, I was talking to a couple of my friends and we were all kind of sharing all of our breastfeeding stories. And it's such a great bonding experience after it's done, (laughs) you know, after you're done and you kind of think back and, um, but man, when I think about that first, uh, that first experience with my first pregnancy and, uh, labor and delivery, none of it went as planned. And then uh, I was raised in a family with lots of other women. And so I have lots of aunts and I have an older sister. And so I was around a lot of women who breastfed and only talked about how wonderful and amazing and Um, great it was. You know, everything you read is that it's great for the baby. It's great for your body. You're just going to, all the baby weight's just going to just slip right off of you. So I really went into it with like really rose colored glasses on. And I think it got me into a lot of trouble because it was not easy. And it did not feel like bonding to me at first because it was so painful for me and it was like physically painful and um, labor and delivery was hard. And so emotionally I was just kind of a mess. So I was really thankful um, when I heard about your podcast because I think so often the message we get as new moms is breastfeeding is best. Breastfeeding is great for bonding. And unless you have other people sharing their stories about how, um, you know, how challenging it can be for some women, you go into it and then you're really disappointed. I mean, I found myself feeling disappointed and kind of angry that first time around because it was so hard and so painful for me. 
And you mentioned that you actually did have female models who breastfed because I do think for some people, they don't have any sort of a model like that. So they're completely in the dark. Uh, But you're saying the only messages you received ahead of time were positive, joyful, it's going to be easy and wonderful. Do you think that's because in hindsight, those women were glossing over the hard parts that they experienced themselves? Or do you think that they really just had an easy time? I think it may be both um, because I think some of them, uh, I know even in talking with them later, um, they didn't have nearly as many uh, problems with supply or the guilt that comes when you don't supply enough. Um, They didn't have as many problems with uh, like nipple shape or getting an appropriate latch or any of those things. So I think some of it was, their um, bodies were different than mine. And so I think some of it was they really didn't have as much trouble. But then, yeah, maybe they just wanted to encourage me as a new mom to see the good. And so they kind of left out uh, maybe some of the scarier or painful parts. But really, it just left me in this place of, yeah, feeling frustrated with my body and feeling frustrated with you know, the whole process. And I did end up because I was committed to it. Um, I was like, I am breastfeeding her for a year and I'm doing it all the way the books told me I should. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. And after that first month, it was okay. And then I did get to see some of the, the beauty in bonding that uh, comes with breastfeeding. But I'll tell you those first, those first few weeks, it was, it was really hard, Emily. <laughs> it's really hard. And your story is very similar. And it's almost bringing me to this thesis that the main message is that it probably will be hard for the first however many weeks or months, but that there is this payoff if you can kind of get over that hump. And when you're in that hard part at the beginning, if you don't know that there's any sort of payoff, I think it would be harder to stay motivated. And like you said, if you don't even know to expect difficulties and you think something's wrong with you, that would make it harder to get through that initial part. So that's kind of what I'm trying to collect is just these experiences um, where real people are saying, I was there too. It was hard for me. I got through it. And then I'm glad that I did. I'm glad I stuck with it because these were the benefits that I did experience after that. I just think I had no framework because it was unlike anything I had ever done before. Yeah, I think that's so true. And, you know, we're only talking about just breastfeeding here. And I think the other thing that, you know, to be reminded of for for any listeners that you've got your body has just gone through this, you know, kind of major trauma, whether you, you know, all four of my kids were uh, C-sections. And so I went through like your body goes through this major surgery, you are overwhelmed with emotion and fatigue. And when you're overwhelmed with emotion and fatigue, your decision-making isn't, you know, maybe crystal clear. So, uh, you know, I think it's thinking about all of the major changes that happen around uh, childbirth and really that first month of figuring out 
what is this cry for? And I got to change another diaper and you pooped through again. And so it's like, you've got all of these other things on top of why are my breasts not doing what they're supposed to do? That's so true. And for me, it it's hard to separate out all the individual threads of just being a just taking care of this brand new tiny human. Cause you're right. It all kind of intersects and overlaps and it's all overshadowed by you being completely suffering from lack of sleep. Like, I don't know. I don't know many oh new moms who are like, I got so much sleep last night. It was fantastic. So you're right. This is just one part of it. Um, but I know it can also be all consuming. Like it can kind of take over um, and bleed into those other parts of, of, new parenthood, um, like when you are the full-time feeder of the tiny human. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember many moments with each kid really. And, and I did kind of loosen up as, you know, by baby four, it was like, yeah, okay. We're, we made it to, you know, the month mark and then things were better. But if he was uh, getting hungry, but you know, when he was two or three months, with the first one, I was like, do not put formula in her mouth. You will not put formula. I mean, and mm-hmm. I remember some really strong emotions coming out. And by, you know, the third one, it was like, I am too exhausted. Go ahead. And I will pump if I need to or whatever. Um, but I remember several moments, just even now thinking about it, where I was all consumed, like you're saying, with the burden of I am everything to this child right now. You know, when you're when you're breastfeeding, you represent their whole lifeline, you know? And I I know that part of that is true and part of that is, you know, your partner is is there to maintain safety and all of that too, but you know, when you're the main provider of food and comfort and you know, for that infant, it can feel really heavy. It can. I remember the first time realizing that there was an alternative, like pumping one bottle and leaving the house for one hour and coming back and like the baby was still alive and had drank from a bottle. And I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) there's there's there might be an alternative to this. Um, But on the other hand, it's also somewhat empowering that you just with your body are keeping another person alive. Like that's the cool part. But then the flip side is it feels like like a huge responsibility. Yeah, it it is so true. Like when you stop to think of that, you know, our bodies grew an entire human. And then, you know, for however long you breastfeed, you're feeding, you're the sole source of food for that human. Like that's, it's incredible when you really uh, kind of stop, stop to think about it. And, you know, I think about some of the other arguments that I would have with my husband um, about when I would leave the house. So I went back to work when uh, my first uh, child was six weeks old. And man, that was back when I was really intensely rigid with breastfeeding. Like she was not going to have any solids until she was six months. I mean, I followed all of the rules. And um, I remember some some pretty significant moments of tension with my spouse when uh, he was like, well, I just, I just gave her a bottle. And then um, I didn't know that I should, I should call you. I should let you know. And I remember just being so rigid in like, 
oh my gosh, but I didn't pump at exactly the same time that she ate. And so now I'm not going to have enough. And um, my aunt, God bless my aunt. She watched her uh, for a little while while I was going back to work a couple days a week. And she followed the strict rule of if it's been sitting out for um, 30 or 60 minutes or whatever, then she dumped it out. And she was like, I know, Emily, I just wanted to cry. Like every time I went to pick her up and I was like, "Uh, I gave you four bottles and where are they? She's like, yeah, well, I, um, yeah, I went to feed her at the three o'clock and she just didn't really feel like it. And she fell asleep. And so I just, you know, I just had to dump it out. And I was like, and just some of the emotions and some of the conflicts that I had with the first baby, I sort of started to settle into a little bit by the third and fourth because it's like, okay, it doesn't have to be that rigid. Actually, my stress and my conflict are probably making my production worse. It's like, you know, defeating the whole purpose. But that's another thing that I don't know. I don't know that I was necessarily prepared for the kind of anxiety that came with supply and when other people were uh, taking care of her, my spouse included, and they didn't fully understand the amount of work that I put in to get those two ounces in that bottle. And yeah. No, that's so true. And that's why I'm calling the podcast Spilling the Milk, because like the worst thing that can happen is accidentally spilling (laughs) the milk that you just worked so hard for. I think we can all relate to that experience. Absolutely. I I remember one, I remember one day where my husband accidentally like tipped the bottle over and he turned around and looked at me like, please don't blow, (laughs) please don't blow because he just knew. (sighs) Yeah, it's so true. Uh, One thing I like to ask is if you could go back to your pregnant self before baby one, um, knowing everything you know now, what advice would you give yourself? You know, I think uh, I would tell myself to be kinder to myself and not to feel the weight of the world with just breastfeeding. Like breastfeeding is hard. There is a huge... um, support network, reach out to other women. I think I felt so much shame that I wasn't producing enough, that it was so painful, that I wasn't having the same experience that many of the women around me had, that I felt like I was doing something wrong. And so uh, I would tell myself to be kinder and to uh, reach out to people sooner. I reached out to lactation consultants, but um I think they are great and amazing, and um, I think it also can be powerful to have people within your circle of friends to reach out to, too. And I think that's that's another thing I didn't do early on because I was, um, yeah, a little bit ashamed. Yeah, and you mentioned lactation consultants. Did you have good experience? Like, did you actually go to someone's office or did they just see you in the hospital or what was your experience yeah, with that? Um, so I had a couple of different experiences with each pregnancy, but the first, um, the first time I had a lactation consultant come to the hospital with me and I remember feeling like intimidated by her a little bit because she was, again, making it like 
just so easy. Just like tilt their head and open their mouth. And when they get ready, you just shloop, slap them on there. And, you know, it was like, I knew what she was saying and I just couldn't get my body to do it. And in those first few days, I remember just kind of feeling frustrated um, again by like my body's lack of connection to what the message I was hearing all made sense. And I just couldn't get me and my baby to do it the right way. And so I think um, from there, we had phone calls after that. And I wish I would have been more engaged and, like I said, like less frustrated with myself and the process. And from there, I had some really amazing nurses who kind of walked alongside the lactation consultant that really were there with each feeding to help while I was still in the hospital. And I think that that helped um, with my second and my third. But the, but the support, uh, even over the phone of how's it going? What else do you need? Um, here's a couple of tips on, you know, mastitis and how you can minimize, um, you know, bleeding or any of that. So I think in in many ways, it was really good. And then in some ways, it it kind of added to my own frustration because I'm a person who likes to hear instructions and then just do it the right way. And I just could not get it to work. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you had those phone calls because I think that's more than a lot of women get. A lot of times it's just 15 minutes in the hospital. And then depending on how good your nurses are, maybe your nurses are also helping you. Um, but that's interesting that the phone calls, you had follow-up phone calls too. Yeah, I think at week one, week two, and week four. The other thing I did implement with um, family and friends after my first baby. So my, um, you know, those first couple of weeks when you're at home and you're just trying to figure everything out, we had people come and visit the baby and help us with chores and dinner and all that stuff. They were like really being helpful in lots of ways. But that also meant that I couldn't just like sit on the couch where I'm most comfortable and just like take my shirt off and breastfeed my baby right here. It was like I had to, within those first couple of weeks, like cover up with a blanket when you're just trying to figure it all out. So with each kid after that, I just said, we really don't want any visitors during feeding time, you have to like leave the house if I have to feed the baby during the visit, because it just felt like too much pressure for me. And I, I should have advocated for that the first time. I just didn't feel, it felt kind of rude, you know, to be like, oh, you're coming over to help. And now I'm going to be like, sorry, you got to go. Um, but from there, I was like, look, it's just better for me and the baby if I have to figure this out and I'm free to just be whatever I need to be. No, that's so, so true. And you don't know the first time around. You have this picture in your mind, like you said, oh, people are going to come visit. They're going to want to hold the baby. Oh, sure. I can just like feed them right there while everyone's around. No. no, definitely not at the beginning. Like you just need to be on your couch without a shirt with the baby on you for 24 hours a day. That's like basically the baseline situation. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. You're like, well, here we go. We're feeding again, especially those first few days where they're like nursing for like 40 minutes. Then you're like, okay, we're done. I have an hour and a half and then we're going to be right back to it. Yeah. And I love when the pediatrician is like, so how, how many times a day are they nursing for how long? And I'm like, 24 hours a day for 24 hours. I don't know how to answer your question. <laughs> it is. It's really true. And I, 
I mean, I think we're sort of painting this picture that, I mean, that is truth, but, you know, in those first few, those first few days afterwards, really, if you have the privilege of being able just to devote all of that time, whether you're on maternity leave or you're, you know, you have some time, it really is the sole focus. And that can be really beautiful once you get beyond sort of the first few days of, of all of the logistics to get ironed out. Yes. And if you can sort of relax into it and not be thinking, I should be doing the laundry, I should be doing the dishes, I should, you know, do some something that a grown up would do other than sit on this couch. Um, so I agree if you can relax into it and you have the ability to do so, um, it can be a really nice time. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And please remind me, um, what is the name of your book and your podcast and anything else that you'd like to tell us yeah, about? Yeah, so I'd love for folks to find me on my website, makewordsmatterforgood.com. And Facebook, I'm MWM, Make Words Matter, MWM with kids. And my book is called Make Words Matter, Straightforward Logical Parenting to Take Your Kid from Frustrating to Connecting and Listening. And if folks want a podcast uh, to check out, in addition to yours, uh, mine is called Kids These Days, Tools for Supporting um, Children's Mental Health. So would love to have anybody um, after you get past breastfeeding, because most of what I talk about is once they're, you know, just a little bit older than breastfeeding age, uh, but would love to have folks there too. Sure. Well, I know a lot of us have, you know, a toddler in one arm and a breastfeeding baby in the other arm and then school age kid getting on the bus. So I think, you know, we're, we're appealing to all parents in all stages of life. So um, I will definitely check out everything you mentioned. And thank you again so much for your time. And yeah, for talking I appreciate to being here. Thank you for doing this. This is an invaluable service to moms out there. I enjoyed hearing Beth's experience, and I hope you did too. One thing that stuck out for me from her story is the importance of not comparing your experience to others. As she said, many of the women around her gave her the impression that breastfeeding should be easy and wonderful, and when it wasn't, it made her question herself, and that led to feeling shame, which led to not wanting to reach out for the help, which ultimately she found was what she needed, finding people in her circle to connect with. She also wishes she had been kinder to herself as a brand new mom, just figuring things out. And I think that's something a lot of us can relate to as well. That's it for this episode of Spilling the Milk. Thank you for listening. And if you find these conversations valuable, please tell a friend. You can also rate and review the podcast to help other moms find us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast and share your story, please send an email to spillingthemilkpodcast.com at gmail.com.